Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 57 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Ooh, I'm going to go with Street Clothes Ben Simmons. I'm going to go with Unvax Kyrie. Can you represent? <laughs> We are we are we are back. The NBA is back, so we are finally gonna get back into some more NBA content. I have brought a couple of friends here that know their stuff to come talk with us, and we are going to break down at least the top 25 players in the NBA. So first and foremost, I'm gonna need them to introduce themselves, let people know where you can be found. Y'all can start Mo, Sam, then Tio. All right, bro. Yeah, uh, Mo Murphy. I- I'm uh, I'm honored to be on the podcast, bro. This has been like something in the making, whether it was me coming on your show, you coming on mine. Uh, as far as me, you can find Upper Flame Sports Podcast. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Upper Flames Pod on Twitter and Instagram or Mo underscore uh, Cheese 15 for my personal account on Twitter and Instagram. But like I said, bro, I'm honored to be on here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it's Terrence Owens. Uh, you just call me T.O. I'm from Cover 4 with the guys. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Cover 4 underscore W, the guys. Um, man, just excited. Appreciate Ant uh, for having us on tonight, man. Um, same as Mo, you can find our stream on YouTube, anywhere else you get your pod. Uh, definitely check us out and tap in with us. Facts. And also, for all the Fry Pod listeners, you should definitely check out this latest episode of Cover 4 with the guys. Your boy is on there, chopping it up with all of them. We get into all of the things that you need to know about the NBA, NFL this yeah. week. So there ain't going to be no NFL talk in the Fly Route Pod this week. It's all NBA. And if you want your NFL fix, you got to catch your boy at Cover 4 with the guys. And last but not least, Sam, introduce That's, yourself. Hence why I had that Walter Payton up there. <laughs> facts what's up i'm sam uh i'm a friend of the show friend of anthony's been on before we had a, an episode a couple weeks ago talking about sneakers and the ben simmons stuff just happy to be back on thanks for having me obuli appreciate you appreciate you oh so let's get into it let's get into it no further ado i'm going to give you our top 25 consensus NBA players. We did this a little bit different. I want to definitely shout out Kenny because this is a idea that I grabbed from him. So I got a bunch of people who know their stuff about basketball that gave me their top 25. Well, actually, I asked for everybody's top 50 players. Their top 50 players, I gave each player a score your ranking from 1 to 50. The players with the lowest scores were the best players in the NBA. I consensus. All of that ranking. So it's not what I think. It's not what Sam thinks. It's not what Mo thinks. It's not what T.O. thinks. It is the combination of our opinions, and we are going to debate it out and get the final consensus list for the top 25 players in the NBA. And with no further ado, we will talk about the number one player in the NBA. The number one player in the NBA that we decided is Kevin Durant, and it was not particularly close how how far up there Kevin Durant was. <laughs> and this was not surprising. Three of the six people that gave us their rankings had Kevin Durant as their number one. No other player repeated for the number one player in the NBA. Straight up. Now, the interesting part is no one seems to be interested to argue another person here. You seem satisfied with KD up there? Oh, yeah. KD number one, man. 
Giannis. <laughs> I, had, I had Giannis, but I mean, I was the I was one of the guys that didn't vote KD. I voted Giannis, but it was a one A one B situation. Like to me, it was like with Giannis and, and KD. I feel like how I always felt with LeBron and KD the past few years. Like I, I was, I always was a LeBron guy. But if you thought KD, like you're not wrong. So I'm, I'm more so. I think Giannis has proved that he's the best player in the league coming off a championship. Could have won, you know, he outdid his MVP season, so he could have won another MVP. Uh, he might start getting a LeBron treatment on MVP, so I think he's the best player in the league. But anybody who thinks KD, like, you're not wrong. Like, to say that KD, to argue that he's the best player, to me isn't, I wouldn't argue that. I get where, where a Kevin Durant fan would be coming from. Bet, bet. So number two is already where it gets interesting. So number two, we got a tie at a tied ranking. So first off, Kevin Durant had a score of seven. Amongst all six of us, the next two players have a score combined of 16. That's how far ahead Kevin Durant was of everybody else. So at 16, we have a tie between Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. Hopefully there are four of us here. We will not deadlock, but I we got to break this tie. Mm-hmm. Who do y'all have as your number two? For me, I got to go LeBron James. Like, And this is honestly why I separate Kevin Durant and LeBron from Giannis as well. Like Giannis, his game is too focused on the paint solely. Yeah, he, he's a great defender. He finishing at the rim. I mean, arguably one of the best in the league, probably the best in the league. But at the end of the day, his game hasn't developed enough for me to give him that number one spot. Like this is a guy that's going to go out there and get you a bucket. Like, no, if you cut this man off from going to the rim, he don't got no post-up game, turnaround jump shot, mid-range, like, then he can't shoot free throws, so I'm going to send you to the line. Hey, he shot the free throws at, at the end when they counted. No, he, he did, he, definitely. He was killing it at the end when it counted. And uh, interesting here, before I get someone else's opinion, have y'all all seen them, like, the preseason clips and, like, just Giannis shooting threes now? Jumpers. He ain't he, it looked fluid. No, he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen? He shot four of them uh, opening night, and he made one, so, like, He's shooting them, but to think that Giannis is going to come down the court pulling up threes, I don't think he's hit hit that stride yet. It's nice to see, though, but, like, even, if, like, for me, like, I, w- I would say Giannis is number two uh, only because I-, I pitched for him to be the best player in the game. KD was my number two. Uh, and-, and I look at Giannis like, you T.O. Wright, he can't get a bucket like LeBron or KD or even Steph, but, like, to me, like, he's a power forward. To me, he's not a wing player. I look more at him as a power forward. And classic power forwards, the Kevin Garnett's, Tim Duncan's, those type of players, they did most of their damage in the paint. They could stretch it a little bit with being able to shoot mid-range, occasionally hit a three, uh, unless you were dirt. So when I look at Giannis, he's a he's a he can make plays, but everything's from the paint. He's everything you want in a big man, working from the outside in, being able to let Chris Middleton uh create plays from the outside, obviously Drew Holiday. So that's why I had Giannis number one. So for me, like if I'm going number two, I got to put Giannis two. If KD gonna be the consistent number one, I just it, it wouldn't be right to argue LeBron for me. Okay, Sam, I don't disagree with anything that anyone has said. I had LeBron second. Um, I think LeBron just affects the game in more ways, playmaking, scoring in a bunch of different ways. No doubt, Giannis is a better defender, but. I think if we're, I think just going off last year alone, like we need to remember that the Lakers were were affected by Anthony Davis being on the Bucks, ended up being 
pretty much the most healthy team uh, down the stretch. So, I mean, yes, recency, they have the championship, but the Lakers also have a championship, what, like not even a year and a half ago. So I think it's like really neck and neck between them, and I don't think you're wrong for picking either one. I'm going to go LeBron just because all the different ways he affects the game. But like I said, I don't think anyone is wrong for thinking Giannis or even someone else like Steph maybe. So Steph actually had one first place vote. Uh, interestingly enough, a Warriors <laughs> fan did join the did join the consensus. <laughs> of course, they put it in one. <laughs> now look, I actually had Giannis at two, but I will flip to Brown because the person that said Giannis told me that they don't believe that jump shot's there yet. And if you don't believe the jump shot's there yet, then I do think that at this point we still think that Brown should be the consensus two in the league. If, if Giannis gets that jump shot consistent from anywhere outside the paint, it's a wrap for everybody. And, oh, yeah. yeah and Most like, definitely. Within the next shooting. year or two, within the next year or two, if he developed that jump shot, no doubt he's going to be the best player in the league because you, nobody pretty much can stop him going to the rim. And if he develops a jump shot, you, he's unstoppable, unguardable. <laughs> How long is that going to take? Cause he like I said, within the next year or two, maybe. So, like, just we are all feeling like the work ethic of Giannis means like it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's for sure. That's the way he's at right now. The stretch of that he's had right now, he's on a historical stretch, having two MVPs already, uh, two defensive player of the year, has one MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year. Like, Giannis on the stretch got a championship. Like, this four year stretch that he's been on has nuts. If you match that four year stretch with anybody, LeBron, Jordan, uh, outside of the fact that you'll probably find a four-year stretch where LeBron had multiple championships, that's all Giannis is missing is multiple championships. But outside of that, historically, his stretch has been just as great as anybody we've seen in NBA history. Okay, facts. All right, so that leaves us at number four. And number four is all on his own. It is Steph Curry with a uh, total score of 25. And I'm not surprised to see Steph Curry up there. He won the scoring championship last year. With, like, who? <laughs> I mean, I mean Wiggins still there. <laughs> right. Wiggins still there. Wiggins still there. Uh that leaves us and the next thing we got is a very, very, very close matchup here at four at five and six, only separated by one point. We got Nikola Jokic Ooh. at five and James Harden at six. Score 31 and 32. Now, if you are picking right now, you gotta take a guy, run your team. Are you gonna pick Jokic or are you gonna pick Harden? You got the you got the pick. They're there. Who are you taking right now? Yeah, I'm going Jokic. This is a guy who can literally play center. He he's like he's a point center. Like plays defense. I mean, does it all. Come coming off of man's an MVP. I mean, what can't the man do? Honestly, I mean, he sees the court. His vision, his passing ability, um, his post game. He can shoot jumpers. I mean, the man is. That fade away with that touch that goes to the moon. Goodness gracious, bro. That shades of Dirk Nowinski. Oh, is that what you try to God. say? Shades of Dirk? I like yeah. that. Don't get me wrong. I like Harden, but to me, Harden is, I don't know. He the man will sit there and dribble the whole 24 seconds out, shoot a step back three-pointer, and act like somebody touched him, breathed on him, and he oh right. man, nobody touch you, bro. Nobody touch you. Nets Harden was a different animal, though. Nets Harden was mad, mad different. 
We like Harden. Harden took thirty dribbles because he was allowed to take thirty dribbles in Houston. In Brooklyn, he yeah. was a different beast. All right, Mo, what's good? Yeah, I'm taking Jokic uh, for the same reasons. Like, it, and it's not a knock on Harden. Like, I had Harden on my list, um, but it's not a knock on Harden. But when you look at it, like, here would be the thing where I would analyze: if I have Jokic at center, I don't need James Harden as a guard. To, to compensate for what Jokic could do. But if I got Harden as a guard, like, you can't, like, the, if you take a drop-off that it would be from, like, Harden to Jamal Murray at big man, like, it's just not going to work. Like, I don't think Harden, he makes plays. He's a playmaker, but I just, I can't, he's such a great scorer. He, he, he a di- you know, he's practically a point guard, a big point guard, six foot six. But we talk about a big, you know, outside of the ball handling ability, like, we're talking about a seven-foot point guard. Who can yeah, mom. That's essentially what we talking about. Yeah, mom. I, I agree with you on everything you said. Like he just can't, he ain't got the handle. He's not flashy, but Jokic will drop forty and fifteen rebounds, and it might be that it'll be plain, but he still dropped forty and fifteen. Like he didn't give you the, the crossover. He ain't dropped nobody, but at this he didn't dunk on nobody, but he still gave you 40, 15 with four or five threes. So I gotta go, Jokic. You have to look at efficiency as well. Like James Harden hasn't ever been someone as well that shoots the clip at a, a great percentage either. Like, he takes a lot of shots, which is why he scores a lot of points. But you have to be efficient. And I, I'm not even sure if he's ever shot over 40% from the three. I have to check it out. But I'm taking James Harden. Um, he can okay. lead the league in scoring and assists in the same season. Uh, we've seen this before. He's an MVP. Jokic is an MVP. They've both gotten their teams to the conference finals no farther. So in, in terms of success, Jokic hasn't done anything that Harden hasn't done. And I think Harden's going to be an MVP candidate again this year, probably over Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant is a better player, in my opinion, just because he's going to be asked to do so much for Brooklyn, especially with Kyrie out. So I'm going James Harden. I don't think anyone's wrong for, for wanting to build their team around Jokic more. It's just like a question of what you value more, like guard play. Um, and, and do I like watch watching Harden's dribbling and and, and shooting into fouls? Not really. <laughs> but like we have seen that for like the last six or seven years with Harden as your best player, it does produce a really good regular season team. Whether that team is built to win in the playoffs. Uh, See, you hit it on the head right there. Regular season. Or he, what are you doing in the, in the playoffs? We haven't seen Jokic go any farther, though, so that's my thing. Uh, and I didn't see Jokic getting blocked from the back injury, by Manu Ginobili, though. <laughs> they also could be one Chris Paul injury away from, from dethroning the Warriors. You never know. So you okay, can put okay. all on the game. And the, the, the systems he's had built around him have worked. Have they produced championships? No. But I'm going on. Jokic hasn't either, so I'm going to go for, like, the sustained success Harden has had over the last couple of years, Jokic has been, but uh, maybe a little better. I, I mean, ended, yeah, I ended up with Jokic too. And the reason why I think actually in a vacuum, I would want Harden over Jokic. But the problem is there are way more, like Mo said, way more otherworldly guards than there are otherworldly centers. And that's the difference. Like you, if you don't get, if you don't get Jokic, you need Embiid or Anthony Davis if he feels like it. 
to get yeah. there <laughs> if he feels like it. So I, I felt I felt that one for real. That brings us to the next player, and this player is number seven, and he's been trending high for a while. But Luka Doncic got the number seven spot with a total score of 44, while Harden had a 38. Is Luka a little too high on this list right now? I don't think so. I had Luka at five. I felt like it was Okay. Yeah. So you think Luka low on this list? No, 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 no. I'm okay with – I think I'm higher than maybe most on, on Luka because, like, there's really, a, there's really a guy who I can't wait to see where he's at. But, like, uh, I'm high on Luka because, like, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. Definitely. He does take away the team success because, like you said, this is a player ranking. So if I just take away the team success, that man is practically almost a walking triple-double himself. He's literally like I could if I need him to average 32, 10, and 8, he'll get it done. Like that might be his numbers this year. He's kind of single-handedly carrying Dallas with a supporting cast because Chris Stapps hasn't been what we thought he would be with Sorry. Dallas. So, like any type, if you look at Dallas as if you're in love with their franchise, if you think what they've done so far, Luca has had success, then it's all on Luca because everything else around him, like last year's second best player was Tim Hardaway. Like, that was the second-best player last year. Not a knock on Hardaway Jr. I think he, he got elevated. paid like it, too. Yeah, he elevated his game. But to say that none of these other guys' second-best player is Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr. ain't going to make this list. He's not going to make 25 or top 50. So, <laughs> so it's not it's not <laughs> on him. It's just for real. Like, and they went toe-to-toe with, with the Clippers and really should have won. But at the same time, like, they went toe-to-toe with the Clippers twice, and he murdered what we considered two years in a row. He murdered what we considered the best defender on the planet. He made that whole defensive team look silly. So I got to get – I love Luka, and I think he's only trending up because he's so young. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have to agree. I had Luka at six. So I definitely don't think he's too high. Like you said, I definitely think he's going to be an MVP candidate for sure, uh, carrying this Mavericks team on his back. Like you say, arguably the the best two wing defenders in the league cannot stop this man when he played the Clippers, for example. Like the man is, like you say, he, he's a walking triple double. I mean, his stats going to come. He's unguardable. Um, he can average thirty points easily a game, um, and then obviously he can get everyone else involved in the game. So, I mean, he's going to need Kristaps to play like a, a seven footer in order for them to, you know, have some success. But <laughs> okay. That man okay. want to stand in the corner and shoot threes all damn game. Get your ass in the paint and go dunk on somebody. <laughs> hey, hey, we gonna see. We gonna see what happens this year. They got um Jason Kidd there now, so we gonna see if Jason Kidd uses him right. At number eight is Joel Embiid, and this is why I asked you if Luke is a little bit too high. Joel Embiid had his total score of forty seven, only three points under Luca. Sam, you taking Luca over Embiid right now? I actually had Embiid at seven and Luka at eight. I wouldn't be surprised if Luka is the best player in the NBA this year if he wins the MVP. But based off last year, I, I just kind of am trying to resist the Kool-Aid a little bit. So I think I may have had Luka slightly too low, just trying to like not buy into the instant Luka MVP narrative that seems to like be building up for the season. But I think you could give or take either one. I had Embiid one slot higher, but yeah. I had Luka at 10. That man still Ooh. can't play defense. Talk defense to me. Don't matter no Talk more, to me. No. Defense, defense don't matter if you Steph Curry. Offense don't matter if you Steph Curry. No matter if you Luca. We'll see. 
it, it's been proven it don't matter if you Steph Curry because when you Steph Curry, they put somebody next to you that's going to play that defensive role for you. Luca hasn't gotten that guy yet. That's to on take Dallas, Luca. Hey, and, I, and until I, I see you, it, but that's on Dallas. Like you, like because with Steph, if Steph didn't have Clay, then would you say it'd be okay for Steph not to play defense? You'd be like, nah, but because hey. Golden State got him Clay, like he don't have his. Clay, he don't have the guy who makes up for what he lacks as far as on the defensive end. But that's not on Luca. That's not a knock on. That's a knock on Dallas Mavericks building the team around Luca. Now look at this though: right. when Steph don't play defense and he don't have Clay, he won the scoring championship. So remember that. Like when he ain't he ain't playing no defense and he ain't have Clay, he outscored everybody else in the league. Almost every other also person behind besides huh? He was also in a playing tournament at that he same was. time. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. When you're not playing as great as a, of a defense, like let's say like a Clay Thompson who's on his team, a Draymond Green, guys who are exerting a lot of energy on the defensive end, you fresh on the offensive end to be pulling from 40 feet. Right. Hey, but I mean, I everybody love, else besides I, I, sure. James Harden on this list, right, and Steph, everybody else we got this high up, they they can put it in on a defensive I'm end. I'm not going to lie. Right? James Harden has been playing a whole lot better, Much defense. better I, defense. I have to give it to him. I have it's to give it to him. Effort. James Harden is effort, not talent on the defense. Yes, right yeah, Luke is not and a I, good defender. And, and yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. And even like with like the Joel and B point, here's why I say I had him at eight. Yeah, I had him at eight on my list. To me, Joel Embiid is a top three most talented player in the NBA, but he don't give you his best effort every. Night where every other guy, Giannis plays hard. Like we've Giannis ain't never had no zero point game. We can talk about LeBron. He didn't have LeBron never had no points. We literally watched Joel Embiid in a. a, We all saw it. Thirty plus minutes and had zero points. And Joel Embiid is one of the most to have him as a top ten player. You play thirty plus minutes and you don't have zero points. Like that goes to show you don't give the effort. I personally believe. Joel Embiid is one of the three most talented players in the NBA. If we just go off of talent, take accolades, success, and we just what that guy can do for his size, it's amazing. He can handle the rock better than Jokic. He may not be the passer. He's a better scorer to me than Jokic, or he's more finesse. I at least say that. He's more finesse. You'd rather watch Joel Embiid with the ball in his hands than Jokic with the ball and in his hands. He's powerful, too, though. And yeah, he can dominate to score. Yeah. I would just say Joel Embiid, to me, talent-wise, he's one of the three most talented players in the NBA. That's just me. I love watching him. I love his game. But he becomes a crybaby a little bit, and he don't give us his best <laughs> best effort. He should be like I sh- I say all that and have Jokic ahead of him because I get the best effort from Jokic every night. But he's more finesse. But what he can do as a big man, like it's it would people will say it was crazy. Had he been doing this since early in his career playing like this, it wouldn't be crazy to say Joel Embiid could have been one of the most dominant big men of all time. Key word is could have been based on what he does as a talent. Like you might not see something like that. He's like a, he was like a young Shaq with a jumper. Like when you think about like Embiid's game right now is kind of young Shaq esque with a jumper. So I, I love Joel Embiid, but because he doesn't give his best effort, I think that's why he's going to consensus be at around seven or eight. Just he doesn't have that dog in him, and, and he's losing cool points as we speak with how he's handling the whole situation with Ben Simmons. So that makes it even worse. You ain't like that he said he's not a babysitter. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I didn't say I don't like that he said I don't care about that man. That's what I don't like. like oh, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, he did say yeah, that. Yeah, leadership. But, you know, I digress. Okay, fact. So number nine, we got and after 47, the next score is 56. So there's a pretty big gap between eight and nine. Number nine is Damian Lillard. Any complaints, any feelings, anybody? Oh, Sam, hold on. What's that? What's that? You good? 
I had I had Anthony Davis over Damian Lillard. Mm, talk about it, because actually this is great because Anthony Davis is ten. Anthony cool. Davis is ten at fifty nine, right under Dame. And I think the difference between Dame and Anthony Davis is actually something you just touched on, Mo. Anthony Davis is a we keep hearing this top five talent, mm-hmm. not top yeah. five player. I actually had Anthony Davis at twelve. I had him at eleven. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a top ten player right now. So he got in. He's definitely a top 10, top five talent, but how often do we see this? So defend your boy. It seems everybody's cool with Dame at nine, but you got to defend your boy at 10. So availability is a big problem, obviously. He's a top five talent. We haven't seen him be a top five player this past year, mainly because of availability. But I would encourage anyone, go look back at those Western Conference playoff round one box scores, the games he did play. Absolutely dominated Aiden. Lakers were up 2-1. When he plays, even coming off a season where he hasn't played pretty much the entire season, the two games he's available, he is absolutely dominant. And defense, like when you factor in both sides of the ball, I think I got to give it to AD over Dame simply because we've seen healthy AD contribute to a championship the first year he was on a championship contending team while being a top three defender in the league. We've seen him average you know, what, 25 and 10, but we haven't seen him take the next step to be the Lakers' best player, which I, which is, I think, why he gets uh, downvoted a little bit and because of the injury stuff last year. I think people, you know, want to go off what they've seen most recently, and AD being absent really hurt the Lakers. So I, I see that being held against him, and I hope that over the summer that that really aided him and that he worked on the things – his diet, his physique, his uh, just just general stamina, being in shape. I hope he worked on all those things and can hopefully stay healthy this year. Um, but I definitely see availability as a knock to him. I'm just kind of ranking him as like when he's available, he is a top ten player. All right, all right. We'll we'll see when he's available because I know that everybody was on him. LeBron James was on him. <laughs> <laughs> Russ said nice it is last night. Well, just, he he look, he did, he did. Russ did not, but that, that's yeah. neither here nor there. All right, so we are at number eleven, and number eleven shocked me because I thought this player was a little high, but he's been talked about as a superstar for some time in the league. At number eleven, with a combined score of sixty-eight, we have Jason Tatum. Did that I, surprise anybody that wasn't me? Okay, Mo. I don't disagree. I had I had Tatum at twelve. I had me Kawhi too. at eleven. Uh. Part of the reason was because Kawhi got hurt. That's why I don't have him in my top ten. But either I way, seven still. Yeah, I put. I, I tried to keep it fair that he may not play for a while. So give. But I had Tatum at twelve. Uh, I look at, bro. You just when you look at him individually, he's got the whole package. Like, is he the greatest passer in the world? No, but that's not his game. Like, he's not that LeBron James type of forward. He's more so that six foot eight version. Kobe Bryant-esque, I don't, you know, I don't want to label him the next Kobe, but he has that type of game, and a lot of people have said, like, he's very similar to him, Uh, you know, prior to Kobe passing, like, he said the same thing, like, I see a little bit of him in me, also said that about Devin Booker, but it just, Jason Tatum is a star, Boston is any type of relevant right now because of Jason Tatum, you take him off that team, he gets injured, and we're talking about a lottery team that, that has a very high chance of having a top five pick, I'm like, but you put Tatum in and like, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You're putting him as a 
Some people have him as a play-in team at the seventh or eighth spot. Some people have him finishing six because they think Tatum will take that next step. As a rookie, he, he carried that team. I won't say carry, but he took that team to Easter Conference Finals when Kyrie was out, and he carried that team to Easter Conference Finals in a seven-game series against the LeBron James-led Cavs with no Kyrie, so we thought they had no shot in the playoffs. So the type of success he's had, I mean, he's just missing the accolades, the, the first-team All-NBAs, the, the MVPs, uh, but he's not going to get that kind of love because he plays at the same position forward as LeBron James, uh, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. So he's not going to see that first team all NBA yet, but I, I think Tatum is like un, starting to become underrated at this point. And I think all eyes are to take that next step. Okay, actually, Sam Tatum underrated. I actually had him at eleven, so I had him at the spot he ended up, and I do think he's underrated in that I think if the Celtics are good enough, like top four, top three seed in the East, which might not be super likely, but if they can play well and get to that position, I think he's like a, a potential MVP candidate that doesn't get a lot of uh, just like airtime or isn't talked about a ton for those type of accolades yet. I think mostly people think about him as an MVP candidate in the future, but as good as he is on both sides of the ball, if the Celtics can get to the, to the level that they've been wanting to get to for the last couple of years and be a, a top team in the East and they're led by him, I could definitely see – a world where he's a top five, top 10 MVP candidate this year. Okay. Now I, I want to move on to number 12 and number 12 was interesting because number 12, the rankings for this player were 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. <laughs> like, yeah, no dead ass. And this player is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is the 12th best player in our ranking. And I'm interested in how you feel about Kyrie this season. T.O. Don't make me roll my eyes at this man right now. So, <laughs> undoubtedly, um, I feel like Steph and Kyrie are the, the same type of caliber players. You know, they're star-studded. Nobody can – I mean, they're unstoppable. Scoring the ball, they can put the ball in the hoop. Obviously, defensively, they barbecue chicken. They can't cover a blanket. So, that's the only thing, only knock I have with Kyrie. Also, with Kyrie, a big thing with him, why he can't be in the top ten as well is that – just like Sam said, availability. And it's not like Kyrie is hurt. Kyrie's just on his hiatus. I just seen something on social media recently where he out here playing flag football and stuff. And I'm like, bro. I mean, he can't go to work. What he's supposed to do? Yeah. Play he flag hell football? Hell of free time. Come on, man. They say he can't come in. <laughs> the man ain't committed, right? He got to stay just, in shape. He's not committed to the game. Can't be. I, maybe they'll trade him. Maybe they'll trade him. Number 13, as a guy that I have that's a big dark horse guy, Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy at 13. I honestly, personally, I had Jimmy Butler up at 11, and I wanted him I wanted him at 10, but I allowed Luka to take the 10 spot for me. So I have Jimmy Butler at 11. The Miami Heat have a lot of buzz coming around. I mean, Jimmy Butler has shown that he's kind of a complete player at this point. Do you think Jimmy Butler can lead the Miami Heat to the Eastern Conference Finals? Go For me around. personally? Yeah, go go ahead. I had him at 20. So if Jimmy Butler is the best player on your team, I'm going to say no. Wow. Yo, Jimmy I want to see what y'all got to say about that. I had I had Jimmy at 17. I'm a Heat fan. Uh, he, he led us to the finals. Now, granted, you know what I'm saying, uh, it, it, they were bubble frauds, the, the Mickey Mouse, you know, uh, Easter Conference champions, and then to go and get swept, um, you know, the next no, year. They won kinda, one. 
Oh, no, oh, my bad. no we got swept by <laughs> like, but you know, they should have won one at the very least. But you know, uh, they kind of had to prove prove what they were as far as going into the finals. And Jimmy Butler faded away uh, after being what a second team All NBA uh, last year, which I don't think he should have got. But that's neither here nor there. I don't think he played enough games uh, to okay. be second team All NBA. First off, I think. When he was on the court, he was an MVP candidate. To me, with COVID and the injury that he sustained, he just wasn't on the court enough for me. I mean, we already talked about 72 games instead of 82. I think he played right at 50. So he just didn't play enough games for me to put him there. But he's very talented. But sometimes, like, as much as we talk about Jimmy Butler being a dog, he doesn't always bring that dog out of him on the offensive side. Defense, That's the never worried about what he does. But like when you ultimately need Jimmy Butler to get a bucket, everybody in the gym knows he can get it. But will he do it is the question sometimes. And so that's my problem with Jimmy Butler. And that's why they got swept by Milwaukee because when they needed him most, when the game was about to get out of hand or in game one when he needed to get a bucket to win that game one when it was close and down, it was like Tyler Hero taking shots. Duncan Robinson shooting three. Instead of your best player putting the ball in his hands and getting a bucket. That's but you've seen him do it a million times. Just like, everybody get out my way. I'm getting to the rim. I'm probably going to get fouled, and I'm bullying people. Jimmy can... But you've also seen him not... He can do that. Exactly. And that's my problem with Jimmy. If he's your, like, this is our clear number one guy, I just don't see him, you know, being able to lead that team to a championship. But he's also not a one. That's the thing. Jimmy finds himself handling the ball in clutch situations a lot. When he's actually a three. But he's a guard. Right. Like, he's a two guard. Yeah. Is he really a two guard, or was yeah. no one else around him that guy? In those See, situations? Jimmy is a menace. That's his – that's on, the kind of player he is. On, he's a menace on, on the court. Hold on. He is a menace, but, like, was Jimmy Butler just the only guy on the last three teams he was on that could have the ball in his hands at that moment? Think about it. He was on the Minnesota Timberwolves. All that was there was Cat. Cat should have had the ball in his hand. He's a center. He went to Philly. We saw what Ben Simmons does with the ball in his hands at that moment. Yep. Now he, and, then he, and then he went to Miami. And, like, who was the other guy? Goran Dragic? You just said you ain't want Tyler Hero with that ball in his hands. You right. Dragic is clutch, too, now. He, he, he I, does play well in the clutch. I'm just saying, like, who else was going – I'm interested to see what happens when Kyle Lowry gets to set up Jimmy Butler. At the it end. needs to be Jimmy. And that's the thing. Like you said, Jimmy is too passive on the offensive end. He needs to be that dog. When it's time for him to yeah. show up and say, hey, I'm going to take this game over, that needs to be his mentality, but he's too passive on the offensive end. We talk about guys that need to have someone get them going. Who was ever going to get Jimmy going, right? So who's going to feed Jimmy the early buckets early, get Jimmy rolling? Jimmy got to get them buckets for himself. Kyle Lowry's there now. That's someone that can feed you them buckets, get you going. That's not something he's ever had before. We talked about it for AD. This one, like when Rondo, the difference between AD with or without Rondo is kind of what I'm trying to talk about. Every time AD is on the court with Rondo, he is a he is that top five menacing dude that everybody talks about. Rondo just kind of knows how to get him in his pocket, yeah. get him the baskets to get AD moving. Like Rondo had like 20 assists in a game with AD back in New Orleans. Do y'all remember that year? What yeah, did against uh, Portland? AD and Boogie. That was a fun yeah. AD and Boogie. Yeah, yeah, that was Drew Holiday. Yeah. Wow. A nice, that was the best team AD ever had prior mm-hmm. to the Lakers, but that was the best team AD ever had when it was Rondo and Holiday and uh, AD and Boogie. That was actually a nice little team while you played. Low like, key, yeah, it was. Boogie got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boogie got Boogie hurt. Got hurt. Rondo ended up getting hurt, too, uh, in the playoffs. After they, then they win the first playoff series, and then Rondo and, and Boogie got hurt. 
Boogie got hurt pre-playoffs. Like, uh, and right then Rondo the got hurt. Rondo might have got hurt in uh, in the second series. I know the first series yeah. they smacked whoever they played. Yeah, uh, Portland wasn't it? Portland, Portland, yeah, Portland. They they swept yeah. Portland. Yeah, yeah, they swept Portland. Okay, we got at number fourteen. We got PG thirteen at number fourteen, and oh yeah, PG thirteen at number fourteen. Paul George. I actually really like Paul George at number fourteen. I feel like Paul George in this last off season really quieted down a lot of the haters. We watched him do it very James Harden-esque. It wasn't efficient. There were a lot of shots, <laughs> a lot of shots. But we saw Paul George say, I'm going to enforce my will on games in a way that we were like, oh, we ain't seen PG do that since he was in Indiana. I like I like Paul George. I like Paul George there. Does anybody do have too. any qualms with Paul George? Nah, yeah, I like him there. Yeah, I like Paul. I'm a Paul George fan. I'm a fan of his game. If I could give a, a name to his game, to me, Paul George is the smoothest player. Him and Kyrie Irving are the two smoothest players in basketball with the rock in their hands. Like, when they do what they do, they're the two guys. It looks so natural. Everything comes so beautifully. And that's what Paul George does well. He gets his own bucket. But, like, when he handles that rock, when he controls every, it just looks like poetry in motion. And I think him and Kyrie, that's, that's what I praise both of them for is no matter how crazy it is, then they get to the bucket. Everything looks slow, rehearsed, and poetry in motion with how they how they get their own bucket. So, I, I, yeah, I love Paul George. I had him at 13 instead of 14. So, a lot of these guys, I was either one one up or one below at, at pretty much where they're falling at. Okay. Okay. Facts. The next guy we got at 15, this is a person that, I mean, this is actually very interesting to me. It's Trey Young because he is our 15th player at a combined score of 95. Is Trey Young a top 15 player in the NBA? Run us up. I'm a 13. Uh, I think Trey Young could be top five for the MVP this year. We've seen him really show out in the biggest moments with Atlanta. They're going into their first full year with Nate McMillan, and we've seen what they have going over there with him has worked. And I think if they continue that path, maybe they don't get as far as they got last year, this year. But I think that team is going to be a force to be reckoned with for like the next five to ten years. It, as long as he's there and as long as he's the centerpiece of the franchise, I think they're, Atlanta has a lot of good things coming and he's going to be at the center of all of it. So I think he's already shown he's a top 15 player and I think he's only going to continue to climb the list. All right. All right. Yo, T.O. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like Trey Young. Um, I had him at 18. I had a couple other guys ahead of him from this position. Uh, but, I mean, the way Trey Young is able to impact the game, um, especially with this Hawks team, um, being able to take that Hawks team as far as they went, man, it, it was it was amazing to watch for sure. A guy, you know, who, who's able already at this point in his career is able to be, you know, such a great leader and his teammates get behind him. Guys like getting guys like Cam Reddish back towards the back end uh, really helped as well. Um, then you got guys emerging such as John Collins, um, and then you know, man, Atlanta I mean, everybody. Whew. How Listen. Atlanta paid everybody? Atlanta paid everybody. <sighs> everybody man. got paid in Atlanta. Figured it out. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, but I, I definitely think they do have a lot of potential. Like sure. OKC traded Harden. Remember OKC traded Harden because they, they they didn't want to fork him over the extra bread, and somehow yeah. Atlanta paid everyone. Yeah. 
And I, I got Trey at 18, too. Uh, I, I'm right with T.O. I had him at 18. But he's like, you know, sometimes when you rank guys, you be like, I expect them to outperform where I have them coming into Definitely. the season. Definitely. Like, yeah. you, start over, you start looking into next year and be like, coming into next season, no way I'm going to have him at 18. He's one of those guys that I think he has big potential where if you look at our list mid-season, you'll be like, you had him at 18. To me, he's at like 12. And I'll be like, I agree with you. But I ranked him coming into the season with – very like he'd be like a high riser. That's where I would put Matt with. He's got high riser potential where he might even put himself right on that outside of the top 10. Ooh, okay. Okay. That brings us to a player where we have a player here who's right above a tie, but this player was a player that I was think might actually be better than Trey Young. So at number 16, we got Donovan Mitchell. Combined score of 107. So Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young, the numbers were actually not close. It was over 10 points between the two. But Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell not better than Trey Young at this point? Donovan Mitchell's resume has to be like besides the conference finals appearance, right? But that's like Trey Young got one year. Donovan Mitchell kind of been that dude leading a team since what year two? But, but is Dan, why is that not an like, argument for Trey Young that he's had more success earlier? And well, they were one. No, season not he's had one better year than Donovan Mitchell. But yeah. D. Mitch hasn't reached the oh, D. Mitch hasn't reached the conference finals yet, has he? I said Trey right. Young had one better year. Every other Trey Young year, Donovan Mitchell has been better. Is that wrong? I don't know if he's been the better player. He's been on the better team, and I'm a D. Mitch fan. I love D. Mitch. I think, I, but I think what you saw last year was the emergence of how D. Mitch is going to really be, how good he's really going to be. But I think like that Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Luke, I think they're all like those are your future of top five to seven players. But I think because I had Trey 18, D Mitch 19. Uh, And I think because of the body of of work. (laughs) Yeah, I had him 18 and 19. And it's like you could argue it. But I I just think D Mitch right now, like you, Trey Young's the hype train right now. Like I, I think that's what it is. He got more hype behind him. He did it longer on the bigger stage, was in the conference finals. Had he not got hurt. They might have went to the finals. Like, we don't know. So, it's one of those, like, like Trey Young is on notice. He put the world on notice last year where, like, Donovan Mitchell kind of fell up short. Like, we, we wanted him to win the series, and he kind of fell up short last hurt, year. Though. So, was Trey Young, though. Like, Trey Young came back from injury and still balled out in the in the conference finals as opposed to where, you know, Donovan I mean, Mitchell. were the one seed, too, right? Yeah, they were the one seed. And D. Mitch came back. He came back from that injury and dropped 30. But him not winning that series ultimately, I think, is – the knock on why you would put Trey Young ahead of him right now. Okay. Well, Trey Young isn't going out to the Clippers without Kawhi. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So the next thing at 17 and 18, we have a tie. Combined score of 109, 17 and 18, Chris Paul and Bradley Beal are the tie that we mm, have here that tough. we need to break. So Ooh. we will start, we will start with Mo. Okay. Who I, got, are you ta- I, I know I'm going. You know who you're going to go with? All right, Mo, who yeah, are you, you taking? CP3 or Bradley Beal? I'm going Bradley Beal. Uh, I had Bradley Beal higher than CP3 on my list, so I have to go Bradley Beal to stand by my list. Uh, but to me, CP3, like, CP3 is – I expect a decline from him this year. Like, I know your player rankings is always like, well, look what he did last year. But, like, CP3 wasn't the best player on his team last year. That's just my opinion. Why, like, we're talking about a tie on the list. CP3 and on this list is ranked ahead of Devin Booker. I don't believe CP3 was better than Devin Booker last year. Was he more important to the team? Because when he came, DeAndre Ayton's game stepped up. 
this and that, but like Devin Booker's numbers were better without Chris Paul on the floor. And Devin Booker was the guy who he had big time games. Yes, Chris Paul uh, in the in the West or yeah in the Western Conference Finals had that thirty point game, the closeout game, and he looked amazing. But right now for a whole season, like I don't even think Chris Paul is the best player on his team. So I got to go Bradley Beal, and and age plays a factor in that too. Okay, I got hold, one on one for you. hold on one Top second. Hold on I got to ask you a question. Real quick. <laughs> I got to ask you a question real quick. You think Devin Booker is better than Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul has a bigger impact on the game? and the other mm. players around him. Like, isn't that part of being a great player is that you make other players around? Like, that's kind of Bron's thing. Bron's supposed to, like, bring out the best in people. Make his, like, it's a team sport. Because Devin Booker is a, everybody is not a playmaker for everybody else. Like, that's not everybody else's role. Like, Devin Booker is a two guard. Classic, two, like, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, nobody kill me. But he didn't make his players better. Like, as far as what he did, he was a scorer, and he he drilled you in practice. He made you work harder. <laughs> he didn't just make everybody better on the court. Devin Booker is not a facilitator. He's a scorer. He can play some defense. He hustles. He plays hard, but he's not a facilitator, and that's what he was missing, and that's what CP3 kind of brought in what Devin Booker was lacking offensively, which was being a facilitator. But that's not everybody's job. Like, literally, Chris Paul and LeBron are, like, the ultimate make guys around them better, make that team better have that instant impact, but I can't knock everybody else for them not being ultimate facilitators like Chris Paul and LeBron. So I think what Devin Booker does is he, he, he was a better player on Phoenix. That's my opinion. Yeah, All right, I mean, respect, respect. So I had Chris Paul at 14 and Bradley Bill at 15. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Bradley Bill. I've been watching him since he played at the University of Florida. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, love, I definitely love Bradley Bill. But when you look at Chris Paul – Body of work. I'm not even just going to say last year. Let's look at Chris Paul. You 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 go and place Chris Paul in the Clippers, winning franchise. Now you go and place him on the Suns. First year there. I mean, we going you know outside injury buzz, all of that. Okay, take him to the championship. Chris Paul's impact on his franchises. I'm not even going to say just on the team on the front. He turns these organizations into winning franchises, and his impact on the game is. Is why I give him the nudge over Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill can go out and score 40, 50, 60 points and lose the game. <laughs> like, like I love Bradley Bill, but if I'm the Wizards, what have you done for me lately? Because they haven't done nothing. He scored and 40 lately. That's what he did. <laughs> I'm saying, though, he was averaging what? I can't remember how many games two. straight. He went like 30, 30 points, right? 30 plus. Yeah, he was but they're not winning games. games. You're not winning it. And that's my whole thing with him right now. But like I said, I do love Bradley Bill, but Chris Paul's impact on the game, turning these organizations around, um, is why I have to give Chris Paul the nudge. And like I said, I mean, I haven't been 14, 15. So, I mean, they were right there. But Chris Paul's impact definitely gives him the nudge, in my opinion. All right. Where you at, Sam? Where you at? So, uh, my ranking of Chris Paul is like super disrespectful. I have. Oh, my God. Uh, I, yeah, I have him like 10 spots down from this. Huh? <laughs> Hold on. I'm about to check Sam's list real quick. Hold on. I had him at 20. I have CP3 at 21. I have him at 25. Oh, my, oh my God. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's insane. No, I'm not mad so much. Like, I'm he took the OKC. Him. He took OKC. 
You see what I'm saying? OKC was a lottery team, and he put them to the playoffs in the West. Bradley Beal over there dropping 35 that same year in the East, before the East was good. Because the East is good now, got really good over the last two seasons, right? But this is before the East was good. Bradley Beal over here dropping 35, taking straight L's. So is Phoenix your favorite to go to the finals? Is Phoenix your favorite? No, 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 no. Phoenix is my favorite because I have Chris Paul. Well, we were debating Chris Paul being, what, 17, 18? And there's like 16 niggas ahead of him that are significantly better that are on other teams with other people (laughs) that are also on that 16 list, right? They got multiple, like, better players in them. So, like, we're talking Bradley Beal here. So About Bradley Beal. You got to look. And in terms of like the the winning factor, the lineups that Washington was running la- were running last year, legitimately horrible. Garrison Matthews, significant minutes. Raul Neto, significant minutes. Ish Smith, significant minutes. COVID, Ish Smith, not bad though. COVID distraught team made the playoffs because Bradley Beal had them on his back, and averaging a triple double. Throw Bradley Beal on the Suns with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And tell me that team is not just as competitive as the one that they currently have. I don't think so. Who, I don't who's think so either. The ball? Yeah. Devin Booker, he's become a way better facilitator in the last couple of years. And if you want him to take that step, then he can do it. Also, they could have kept Ricky Rubio in that world. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. What, okay. What, what, hold on. Hold on. Like hold on. No, 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 no. I don't. We got to play defense. Your one, two, and three is Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. Teams are scoring 150 a night. You <laughs> saw the Bucks dropping like damn near 150 on Chris Paul. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yo. Holiday like, like Chris Paul up, too, though. He, Holiday he, nice. Paul, yeah, he had Chris Paul on lock. Like Drew Holiday did in the finals. Like Chris Paul, Chris Paul's age got exposed, and that's what that was my knock on Chris Paul coming into this year with some player rankings is his age. Because later on in the playoffs, it got exposed. He had that explosive game in the Western Conference Finals, which got his mojo back. Because prior to that, it was like, oh man, he's getting tired. He's getting old. And then in the finals, he just didn't have enough juice against Milwaukee. And Drew Holiday took the rest of the juice that he had on him. So for me, it's more so an age factor and what I expect. I expect him to decline a little bit this year because he's, what, 37? Like, I wouldn't even pay him if I'm Phoenix. They paid him for the next till he's 40. And they paid him yeah, 30. Paid him grip. It's Phoenix. They had to pay him. That's crazy. It's Phoenix. Like, you had to pay him. Had him too low. I mean, his impact, though, on, on that team. Yeah, is... it's Phoenix. You had to pay him if he was Phoenix. So he's 40. Like, you're paying it, it him. It don't matter. If he showed up. I mean, he elevated the play of everyone else on that team. Yeah, he showed up. Based off the finals, is Chris Paul better than Chris Middleton right now? That's what this list says consensusly. Chris Middleton makes the top 25. He does not make the top 20. He does not make the top 20. So I'll just say that. So he's not there with it. So we got to break this tie. And interestingly enough, oh, for me, where did I have? Where did I have this at? So for me, I definitely had Chris Paul over Bradley Beal. And that would leave us at a 2-2 lock just because of the impact of Chris Paul. Like Bradley Beal doesn't impact winning enough. That And like that. that's the most important stat. I get that. Right. He don't impact winning enough, but I actually like Bradley Beal on this upcoming team. Real talk. So I'm a. Uh, we are still deadlocked. I will take the executive push of Chris Paul at 17 because he wins games. I, I do that. I, 
that that brings us then to the 19th spot. And this 19th spot is weird because Kawhi Leonard. And I did not give any instructions on Kawhi Leonard. I just wanted to see what people would do with him. And Kawhi Leonard is only at 19 because one person decided not to rank him because they believed he would not play this season. So he does not count. And even with one player giving Kawhi Leonard a total of 51 points, Kawhi Leonard only has 112 points. So that's like everybody else ranked him at 6, 12, 9, 7, and one person at 27 because of the injury. So Kawhi Leonard's interesting. Like if he comes back and plays, does it matter for the Clippers? Can the Clippers actually make something happen, get on Kawhi like at Christmas if they're lucky? I mean, Kawhi's big knock for me is just damn load management. Bro, he can have to load manage. Bro. He just got surgery. He going to have to low manage. That's different than just not wanting to play. Yeah. That (laughs) manage is OD. Is it, though? Because he hurt again. But that's, like, okay, yes, I get it. But, like, no. It has nothing to do with load load management, though. It didn't have to do with the load management. Chris Paul ain't load managing. I'm going after all the old guys. Carmelo Anthony plays every game. Maybe he sits a game every – 20 games. Chris Paul plays almost every game. LeBron James plays every game that he's healthy and available. Like, I, and I'm, those guys are 35 years and older. Dwight Howard does not miss a game. Like, I'm not even going in the guys that are prime, like the KDs and James Harden who happen to come off of injuries. All the guys 35 and older do not low manage. If they get hurt, they get hurt. Injuries are a part of the game. And Kawhi comes with stipulations. I take my own ride to the, to the stadium. Like, I don't fly with y'all. Uh, I load manage. I play. <laughs> I skip every third hey, game. Listen, maybe the I load management is why he's getting injured. <laughs> maybe, maybe load management is why he's getting injured. Oh. That too. I'm not going to practice hard. I'm not going to play hard. What do they always say? When you don't go hard, you're not prepared. So when it's time to go, that's how you get hurt. When you're not going hard in the way, break. Because your body wasn't ready for that intense moment in that pressured moment where you're going to play your hardest and boom, you do something that your body's not used to because that our bodies are adaptive. So that low man and stuff, like I still think Kawhi is a great player. When he plays, I think he's a great player. I had him at 12 only because I wasn't factoring that he may not play uh, most of the year. I was just looking about at his talent, but uh, it just, that low man is just OD. Like that's, it's okay yeah. that he's not playing right now. He's coming off of ACL. I'm fine with that. But it's when he comes back, he's not. He's going to skip every third game. He's not going to play back-to-backs. Then he's going to decide which back-to-back he's going to play and not going to play. He may not travel with the team. He may not be in practice <laughs> for a week, and then he shows up and plays the game. He's going to be questionable game-time decision. I don't want to deal with that. Like That's why when people talk about Kawhi to Miami, I ain't want them. Because I don't want to deal with that. Like, give me somebody who's going to be available. I don't want to have to deal with, will he be there? Will he not? When will he be there? Will he show up on time? I don't want to deal with that. They said he's been a problem with the Clippers. So, no. That's why. And then, I hey, I, I, I want to be here. Oh, no, I don't want to be here. Yeah, like <laughs> hey. People talk about Kyrie. People should be killing Kawhi the same way. He's just not yeah. quiet. He's just not. He's quiet. He's the quiet assassin who gets away with. He's out of the limelight right now because he's hurt. But. When he's healthy and he's playing and he and he's going through, I think these are things that they do bring up because, I mean, him low managing, like you say, you got you. Because Kyrie is like, I'm not coming for yeah, yeah. personal reasons. You find him at like a bar, like a birthday party, and Ka- Kawhi is like, Yo, I'm here. I'm just not going to participate. My knee hurt. It's sore. Yeah, like, that's, that's what everybody's cool. telling Ben Simmons to do right now. My yeah. head be tight. I gotta hey. sit down. My head be tight. <laughs> Brown said, "Do it." He said, "Hey." 
get the team doctor that you cool with and eye my neck, eye my back, and, and call it a day and just that you showed up. And, that, I mean, like you said, players do that. But, yeah, Kawhi be in, but, like, then Kawhi, do Kawhi, like, he tore his ACL. I can't say he's not hurt. But Kawhi don't always be hurt. That's all of a sudden, like, he has a degenerative knee injury. What is that? I mean, <laughs> considering he just fucked up his knee again, maybe he do. ACL. Like, it wasn't a degenerative ACL. I mean, but it's like, different, like you say, like, from going from, like, low managing just because, oh, I don't want to play to... That's what it is. Yeah, I don't want to play. And being injured are two different things. Like, if you're healthy, you need to be on the court. Period. Like, if you're healthy, and everybody else is held to that standard. LeBron James is held to this. James Harden, these guys miss when they have real hamstring injuries, something like that. They go and say, rest. What is right, that? Exactly. All of this tried to rest everybody for the Spurs that one time in a primetime game, and everybody killed him and wanted him fired for that. Like, and, and what Pop say? <laughs> we play for championships, not regular seasons. Game. And guess what? And guess what? Too, from a fan perspective. Rest. From so a fan perspective as well, you. You work very hard for your money, right? You pay for these tickets. Kawhi healthy and he not playing. You not mad? Yeah, yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be hot. I'd be hot. I'd be hot as a fan. I would be hot as a fan. I will not lie. I'd be hot as a fan. But like, is that the concern of the players and the coaches? I mean, he's the healthy. There's nothing the, wrong with him. There's nothing I, wrong with him. He needs to be playing. Is, hey, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with him. But you want to keep him well rested. For the long haul. Y'all were talking about how Chris Paul plays every game, but he's old, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe if Chris Paul played less of them games, he would have been available and had more gas in the finals when you said all the age came and showed and Drew Holiday showed him this is a young man's game and put the clamps on him. But maybe if he didn't, if Chris Paul didn't play, maybe they not the second seed or third seed. Like what? It, they're, maybe they're not the seed that they are also like. It's it's hand in hand. Maybe you didn't get a banged up Lakers as your first matchup. Maybe you had to play the healthy Luka and Dallas Mavericks, or or you're the seventh seed and you had to play the second seed Utah Jazz, or first you fall down to eighth because Chris Paul missed some games you couldn't win without him, and now you're matching up against Utah. Like that's what it comes down to. So number twenty, we had Devin Booker, and I feel like we had a good amount of Devin Booker conversation already. He was about seventeen points under Kawhi. Total score one twenty nine. But just two points under Devin Booker at 131, we got Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns at 21. Do we think – huh? I'm a cat guy. You're a cat guy. I feel like cat is also kind of one of them guys that I we're like, like ooh, these – like cat kind of looks a little Anthony Davis right now, if that makes sense, when he was in New Orleans. It's like, man, you keep balling. We see the stats. We see what you can do on the court. How do you stretch the floor like that? Someone told me recently Cat is the best shooting, like three-point shooting center of all time. And I think that actually might be a true statement. There's, there's like, some substance to that. Like, I can't – there's some substance to that. And Cat's also tucked away in Minnesota. Like, unless you have stream links or league pass, you don't watch Cat often. So people – oh, he plays in Minnesota. Like, they can't be that good because – Minnesota's not that good. Like D'Angelo Russell and, and they were supposed to, D'Angelo Russell's always hurt. Like we talk about the best ability is availability. D'Lo always hurt. Like his supporting cast always hurt. Cat has some injury issues also. Like I'm not going to make it like it's all on everybody else but him. But he has some injury issues also. So it's like, and you don't get to see enough of Minnesota to just r- judge his flat out talent. Unless you have NBA league pass, you, you stream on whatever, and, and you actually are invested in watching basketball to make your judgments. 
and the eye test, but you'll look at the stats, you'll be like, man, he's a really good player, but Minnesota sucks. Like, if you watch the game, like, Cat is a really good player. It's not his fault. And when he's on the court, he's one of the 20, 25 best players in the league. He's one of the best young guys who are entering his prime. So that that's just my – I love Cat. And I think he needs to get out of Minnesota. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with that. He definitely needs a, a culture change for sure. Uh, that whole Minnesota organization definitely does as well. I mean, I had him right outside of my top 25. I had him at 28. Um, I definitely feel like, you know, he's one of the, the best – uh, talented big mans as well, along with like the likes of like Joel Embiid and um, Anthony Davis. Um, just his ability, everything he can do, you know, put the ball in the hole from three. He can dribble. He can defend. He can do everything. Um, but he, for me, it's still on the wave of the that Bradley Bill, like impact on winning games. Like, yeah, I mean, I understand. Yeah, his supporting cast ain't all of that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we all professionals, like, you know, they're all professionals. And, I mean, we got to win some games at some point. <laughs> we win some games. Yeah, we got to win some games at some point. So that's why I have them just right outside my top 25. All right. You got any thoughts you want to add on Cat, Sam? I have him, like, right in the middle of there. I have him at 23, and I could see him moving, like, way up in the list based off Goodyear this year. I don't have a ton to add based on Cat. I really like him. There are some guys I had ranked above him that had – a bit more breakout years last year, but I could easily see him surpassing them again. Speaking of, this is the part of this that I will start with. Where the fuck is Zach Levine? All right. I'm going to start that at number 21, and I'm going to be like, all right, where the fuck is Zach Levine? So I'm starting to get at 21 because Zach Levine is also still not right. So 22, we have Chris Middleton. And I want to say where the fuck is Zach Levine, but Chris Middleton just won a championship. So I'm going to give that man his respect. And I think he probably should have been at this point over Cat. I think just we see. I had him over Cat on my list. We see what he's Um, doing. Chris Middleton at at 22. And like the difference between them is about seven points. So it's not huge, but it's also not small. It wasn't particularly close to put Chris Middleton at 22. Do we see Chris Middleton moving up this list? Or do we see him moving down this list and Drew Holiday taking the next step over him this season? Mm-mm. I mean, I don't see Drew passing Chris Middleton. Nah, I, see, I see a couple young guys passing Chris Middleton. Like that, I'm looking at other players on other teams that are behind them. Like I had Middleton at 25, and like he could drop a little bit farther to me if if you if some of these young guys take that next step that I have behind them. So. Like, I don't think it's about his teammates. I just think it's about some of the younger guys. Like you said, it's a young man's game. Chris Middleton about to be 30, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he's coming up on that age. And in the, the young generation, they're only getting better. Like, Donovan Mitchell's in that. Like, most of the guys that are young and stars are already ahead of them. But there's some of those guys that are on the cusp of being, like, all-star caliber players that are going to be behind them. So I could see him taking a step back. Or I could see him just staying put and, and keeping his respect uh, and, and just – because Milwaukee's going to be a good team. Like, he's going to be an all-star this year. Because yeah. Milwaukee's going to be a top team. Okay. Yeah, that's, oh, where, that's okay. where I'm at with it. Okay, facts. So, Sam, you was not in. Do you, what players in your mind are you thinking, like, they are right now primed to take that step and maybe jump the Chris Middleton line? Ja, Zach Levine, uh, Jalen Brown. Those would be, like, my main three that I have. I have Middleton Ooh. at 20, and those three kind of, like, right behind him. But I think any of those three players uh, with a good performance this season and in the postseason could pass him. Chris Middleton, for me, kind of like caps out, is like a top 20 player. He's super clutch. We've seen him hit big shots and huge moments. But 
is he the type of guy that's going to carry a team as your best player? No, which is what the capability of some of these other guys like Ja, like Zach Levine, like Jalen Brown have. So that's why I think some of those guys could maybe potentially overtake him if they already have him. Okay, I like that. I like that because number 23 is actually Jalen Brown. Like right under him, like a difference of nine points is Jalen Brown, T.O. What are your thoughts on Jay Brown? Man, I love Jalen Brown, man. Um, high energy guy. Um, he can play defense, and then his his potential on the offensive end is right now is is really high. So for him, I feel like getting more involved um, in playmaking. He's, I mean, I, I was watching the game before the pod actually, and uh, he came out striking. He had like fourteen points. He was like three for three or four for four from the three point line. So he's getting more consistent with that three point shot. I mean, he's going to be a, a huge difference maker for the Boston Celtics. Um, for me, with Chris Middleton, like with them being neck and neck, uh, for me, Chris Middleton, he's a guy that I feel like he's just going to either stay there or, like you say, he's going to drop a couple. I don't really feel like he's going to climb the list because, like you say, the guys above him are guys that could potentially carry their team to some wins or, you know, whatnot. Uh, but for Jalen Brown, I definitely feel like um, him and JT in Boston – they're going to be a problem this year. All right. So, right – I still want to mention where the fuck is Zach Levine, but uh, – Listen, I had him at 22 on hey, my list. We That's are all getting, I'm We are so close to getting there. I'm, I'm, set, I'm setting this up really well because we are at 24 and 25 now, which is the official end of our top 25. And 24 and 25 are also tied at 158 points. And right mm. now we have Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson, two former teammates – Mm. All right, I'll tie at 24 and 25. So you know how we're moving this. All right. Mo has the biggest shock look on his face. So you are going to be the first person that has to try and break this tie. Uh, they did not do that. that yeah, they did it. First did off, it. first off, Zion. Like I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> first off, that's not even what I'm upset about. But but Zion, that, that's my vote. I'm gonna go Zion. Drew Holiday over Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yo. Yes. Holiday over Russell Westbrook? Yeah. Yes, he is. He is As the third best player on a final. Like, I know, I know he played really well. Mm. I like Drew Holiday defensively. He's really nice. Listen, I don't want to knock. Sometimes when you build somebody up, it sounds like you're knocking somebody. But Drew and Drew, I'm high on Drew Holiday. I have him in my top 30. Honestly, Drew and Russ are kind of like similar players. Like they're not the best shooters. Mm. They're good defenders. He can play defense better than Russ. I mean, really? Yeah. Better, better than Russ. Yes, he can. He can shoot and play defense better than Russ. Russ can pass. Russ can drive. His Russ motor, can, yeah, like his, his motor, rebound better. Like he's on the offensive of defense. I mean, Drew gets boards, and he. I, mean, I don't know. We don't like, have to. Like for hey. me, Westbrook. Like, like I know you saying where's well, Zach Levine, but like it, Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday's in my top thirty. So I will, you know. But yeah. No, I'm sorry. The rust, the, the tripled up four times. Like we gotta stop. Like it's hey. Westbrook. Like really? And I it was ahead of Zion. I think I had him ahead of Zion actually. While I'm so, actually playing, I might have to stand down. No, no, I had Zion. I had Zion. I had to go back and look. I had Zion one spot ahead of Drew Holiday, so it's actually a close call. But okay. the, the thing all messed me up, bro. It's like 
Russ is Russ in the consensus top thirty? I know we're not hitting that, but is he yes. in the consensus? Yeah. Oh no, we can't. We can't. It is. So I will tell you this: between twenty four and twenty eight are only two points. There's a tie for 24-25. There's a tie at 26-27. And Russ is actually standalone at 28 with 160 points. So, like, okay. 158 is 24 and 160 is 27. So, it's, like, really okay. close. It's, I, like, okay. a real well, I can, close I can, bunch. I can calm down a little bit, but. I ain't give you the information yet because I wanted it to sound. Yeah, Drew Holiday, because I'm like, bro, Drew Holiday over Russ, but like, it's really a split decision that is seen. But still, like, Russ not in people's top twenty-five. Like, he's coming off another triple-double season. Like, what is Russ? Russ doesn't win. Like, he doesn't win a championship. I give you that. Like, that's perfectly fine. You can't win a championship with Russ. And I get Drew Holiday being the third best player on the Milwaukee Bucks coming off a championship. He's gonna be hyped up a little bit more, but. To Drew Holiday in the top 25, even though I have him at 29, Drew me Holiday. Me too. I got him at 29. <laughs> it's insane to me. He can't be top 25. Like, top 30, okay, and I'm talking about the 29, 30. Top 25, like, that's, that's – Hey. Only- he consensus was ahead of Zion. Like, like, and I know I only had Zion one ahead, but, like, it was a no-brainer to put Zion ahead. I was arguing with Zion and who I had ahead of him, not who I had behind him. Like – all right, so Sam. All right, so so actually, first off, only two people that voted had Russ in the top twenty-five. I'm Everybody wanna... else had him in like the twenty-six to twenty-nine range, which yeah, is actually how 26. we ended up there. Yeah. So Sam, Drew Holiday, Zion Williamson, who you taking? Zion. Zion. Zion scored twenty-seven points a game last year on sixty percent from the floor at twenty years old. Like, what is the argument? I, 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 He's hurt. Defense. He and weighs over 300 pounds. Man, you saw that. He's doing crunches, bro. He's got it. <laughs> New Orleans is a tough place to live. That boudin, that boudin got him? That crawfish? That Boy. etouffee? For me, just Zion's ceiling is just so much higher. That that I, I had Zion at, like, 19. Oh, and I had Drew at 27. So to me, it's not that close. I really like Drew. My brother's a big Pelicans fan, so I've uh, always liked the way he plays. And especially on the defensive side, he, it's it's hard to just like discount what he brings to the game. But 27 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists, like your first real full year in the NBA. I just think like he could be like he's he's like mini Shaq and just has an unlimited ceiling if he can stay healthy all right all right to who you got yeah I'm, I'm i'm going zion as well uh just like you said it's i mean it's hard to argue this man shooting 60 percent from the field um you know at his size just being able to dominate the paint uh still working on the jumper which it's a work in progress so okay we'll deal with that um but drew holiday he's just to me um in my opinion just He's a, I think he's a good two-way player. Great defensively. Offensively, he's just too uh, just a little bit too inconsistent for me offensively. And I like him. I like him, like I said, as a as a two-way player. But offensively, he's just a little bit too inconsistent for me to put him over Zion. Okay, so that's fantastic. So we get Zion at 24, Drew Holiday at 25, and that rounds out our top 25. And I kept asking, where the fuck is Zach Levine? Because Zach Levine is tied at 26 and 27 at one point lower than the 24 and 25. Can I guess? And 
tied with. Who? Brandon Ingram. Okay, you have Brandon Ingram. Who's your guess, Mo? Who do I guess that he's tied with? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm gonna go guess John Morant. He's probably tied with. I'm gonna go. I'm. Nah, he's tied with Bam. I'm gonna say he's tied with Bam. Right, yeah, Terrence, I was gonna say that guess? same thing. I was gonna say Bam too. Bam. The actual answer is Bam out of the bio. Yes, it is. At, <laughs> at, at 26 and 27, we got Bam and Zach Levine tied up here. And I think Zach Levine has been massively dis- disrespected. And from the pre-show talk, we know who the culprit is. <laughs> so please explain to people why you think Zach Levine is like barely a top 40 player in the NBA. Uh, to me, I think Zach Levine is maybe a little bit underrated. Like, I don't even know if he's going to be the best player on his team with the Bulls. I think Vucevic pro- should be the best team. If the Bulls want ultimate success, I think Vucevic should be the best team. Uh, but, I mean, should be the best player for that team. Uh, I even think DeMar DeRozan might be better better than Zach Levine. Like, it's a – it's cold. Oh, look, look, look. Zach Levine has not done it long enough for me to say – like, like Zach Levine has not been great long enough. Like, he made his first All-Star game. Welcome to the club. The He's snub all- is over because he ain't going to lie. He be getting snubbed. The snub is over for my boy. That's but, all I'm going like, say. Is, like, is he, is he flat out better than, than Gilgis Alexander? I don't think yes. so. Yes. He's been yes. putting up Bradley Beal numbers so. with less attention. He's probably been putting up Bradley Beal numbers on better he efficiency what, what, what did he have less last attention. 25? He averaged 25 last year, right? 27 and a half. Okay. Yeah. Open. Open. And, and he had COVID. <laughs> and he missed a part of the season due to COVID. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sam, say that shit again. 50%, 27 points at 50% clip with five rebounds and five assists. I had him at 22. I add in that he is a legitimately horrible defender, but I had him at 22. He's Bradley Beal. He, no, he's legitimately Horrible defensively. So is Bradley Beal. You know, you know who else puts up numbers yeah. like that if they if they play in his position? If they're the best player on their team, CJ McCollum does that. If Shy Guy mm. Alexander was not injured last year, he does that same thing. Like listen, even, I, had, I had, had the same game. efficiency clip. That, that's that's the thing about Zach Lafitte. It's he, he so was efficient. Hurt. He was hurt. Like, Shai Gilgis Alexander was hurt majority of last year. I think if C.J. McCollum is the best player on a team, which Zach Levine last year was, I think he puts fairly – maybe he does 25 or 26 instead of 27 and a half. But C.J. McCollum is the best player on the team, does essentially almost the same thing. Like, I think Zach Levine – there's a lot of guys who, if you put them in his position that I have ahead of him, essentially they do the same thing. That's just my opinion. But because but they he did do it, it as efficiently. I think so. That's like, the question. Think, we saw Paul George get those numbers, but the efficiency was terrible in the playoffs. Like, we know they can ball, but can they do it at the 50% clip? That's the you, thing that makes them special. Paul George's efficiency fell in the playoffs. Like, Zach Levine didn't even – he hasn't had that playoffs where we're like, okay, he could take – because we see guys who play great in the regular season fall in the playoffs, and Zach Levine hasn't even had – that opportunity, like, and I know, like, he wasn't last year, but we saw SGA in the playoffs. He played really well, almost won a playoff series alongside Chris Paul, uh, t- to his credit. We've seen CJ McCollum play really well in the playoffs uh, alongside Damian Lillard, to his credit. Nah, uh, CJ McCollum played like dumpster juice in the playoffs. He, he, no, he's played. He has, he has played well in the playoffs. I'm not saying he plays. I like CJ. I like CJ, but personally, he plays like dumpster juice in the playoffs. 
But he is still be real. What I'm saying is we've seen a playoff series <laughs> with CJ McCollum. Like, okay, CJ McCollum balled out. He did his thing okay, 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 consistently, okay. but he's he's done it before. I think okay. Vucevic is the best player on Chicago. Like, I have Vucevic on my list ranked ahead of, of Zach Levine. Now, granted, it's not sexy because he's a center, and he's not a center named Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, but I think he's vastly underrated as a center. And I look at some of the guys, Brandon Ingram, De'Aaron Fox, Julius Randle. Yes, I have Ben Simmons ahead of him. Y'all, that might be the one where everybody could kill me. I'm a lot higher on Ben Simmons because I look at what he does really well, and I don't focus on him not shooting. But some but of the gonna, guys, but you gonna focus on what Zach Levine don't do well, but you won't focus on it for Ben Simmons. Look, but, Ben Simmons got to get taken out the game in crucial situations. Ben, I'm just saying, how ben you gonna Simmons, focus on Zach's weaknesses, but not Ben's? Because Ben Simmons is a defensive player of the year candidate. He's a first team All Defense. Ben Simmons is a facilitator. But Ben Zach Simmons, Levine will win a scoring championship. In no, the NBA won't. before he retires. No, he won't. No, he won't. Okay. Because right. th- this year, there's too many miles to feed for him. To s- he's not averaging 27 and a half this year. I said before he, he retires. Ad- I won't say this year, but before he okay. retires, Zach Levine. I mean, he, he, he got more eyes for people to look at other than just him. Because last year, he was the D-scorer for that team. Too. My only thing was Zach Levine. And it's not a knock on him, but I look at some of the guys I had ahead of him. Like, Julius Randle was an all-NBA player last year. Like, Rudy Gobert's consistent defensive player of the year. Like, and I, I maybe I'm higher on some guy, but Rudy Gobert's consistent defensive player of the year candidate with multiple defensive player of the year. Utah was number one. He was the second best player on Utah. Uh all-star game. Like that it, it, some of the guys, BI, I think BI is maybe you put Zach Levine over BI, but essentially they're kind of the same player. They get buckets and they don't win a lot. Like unless they have better players around them. Like the Pelicans and the Bulls were practically the same team. Uh, but some of the like the guys I have ahead of him, I like they've done, they've showed me more. Like like the Knicks went to the playoffs with Julius Randle being the best player on the team. Uh, CJ McCollum, I, I I'll put Levine over McCollum because I think I I McCollum one ahead of him anyway. So I'll I'll say okay, CJ's not as good as Zach Levine. But some of the other guys, even De'Aaron Fox, I think De'Aaron Fox is vastly underrated because he's over there in League Pass Central in Sacramento, and we don't ever get to watch him. But like, okay, so who like you named a lot of names. Brandon Ingram ended up at 30, Ben Simmons at 31, Darren Fox at 34, Shy at 35, CJ at 36, Julius Randle at 40, DeMar DeRozan at 44, Vufacic at 41. So like it wasn't particularly close for a lot of these guys with Zach Levine. I'm and I feel like I feel like like Randall being for, you say he's 40? Julius Randle was 40. Randall's disrespected. Randall's dis- okay. That's disrespect. That he's that's so. These players are right above him. These players are right above him. Tell me who you move. I actually want to hear. So both you, so T.O. and Mo think Randall's disrespected. I think so. so. Right yeah. above Randall is Draymond Green, Jamal Murray, Devante, Demonte Simonis, C.J. McCollum, and Shy Gilgis Alexander. Those are the five players above Julius Randall. Who are you moving? Draymond so and Draymond. I ain't gonna lie. I'm above every single one of those players. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Hey, you I know what's crazy? I had him above. Yeah, I had him above literally. I had him at 31. I had Draymond, CJ McCollum. Yeah, all of them. Okay. Yeah, so I did. I had him ranked at the 50th best player. Like he was he was ranked on everybody's list. So, like, unlike some people that didn't get ranked, like, so like CJ actually did not get ranked on somebody's list. So CJ had 151 score. But Julius Randle had 250s. Two people had him at the bottom of the top 50. I had him at 31. 50? 
Yeah, the, the rankings for him were 31, 50, 48, 32, 50, 34. 48, the 48 and the two, that's disrespectful. That, yeah, that's disrespectful. <laughs> but he got exposed yeah. in the playoffs as like a very was, one-dimensional player. But he was just second team all NBA. Like, that has to matter. Like, he just won the most improved player award. Like, that does have to matter a little bit. That is fair. That I is can't fair. say the most improved player and the guy who won sec- or was on second team all NBA was the 50th best player. I, I hate the Knicks. I'm not a Knicks fan. <laughs> I hate the Knicks. I hate Nick Twitter. But, like, rightfully so, I'm going to give Julius Randle his credit. Like, bro, that is disrespectful. 50? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I had him at 34. Kyle Lowry ahead of him? They probably Kyle Lowry is not ahead of him. Kyle Lowry is at 43. Oh, someone did rank him ahead of him in the in their list. That's what I'm saying. Kyle Lowry's total ranking is below him. Like, you would have had had DeMar DeRozan ahead of him. Uh... DeMontis Sabonis, you would have people put Michael Porter Jr. ahead of him. Siakam, Mike Connolly. Yeah, actually, there's a list that has right above him Mike Connolly, Pascal Siakam, John Collins, LaMelo Ball, Marcus Smart, and huh? Shaq Allegheny. What the man? What? He just named a bunch of forwards that he won all NBA over. over. Like, he literally <laughs> has forwards over him that he just won all NBA and most improved. In the same season, team all NBA. That uh, John Collins, all those guys are in my top. John, well, Marcus Smart ain't in my top fifty, but John Collins is in my top fifty. Uh, like pretty much all those guys that you name, except Marcus Smart, is in my top fifty. But forty got a lot of love. He is at a three-way tie for fifty. This player is ranked at forty-six, just coming fresh off his rookie season. Lamelo Ball is Lamelo Ball actually a top fifty player in the NBA in season two? Yeah, I had him at 40. Okay. Like, like the the expectation, like the Hornets, you know, having before he got injured being a playoff team, like when they finally took the leash off of him his rookie year, like, you know, the first few games he wasn't playing a lot. They were trying, they weren't trying to basically they weren't trying to let him be a superstar. And once they let him off the leash and let him play his game, the Hornets got immensely better. Like vastly better. Like they were before his injury, like people forget they were the fifth seed. Like, they were ahead of the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks. They were right there behind the Atlanta Hawks in the, in the playoff seating. So, like, yes, and that was all due to the impact of LaMelo Ball. Now, granted, because t- to me, Miles Bridges took another step, but I think that's because of him and LaMelo Ball and how, and how they uh, how they play well together. Gordon Hayward played fairly well, but I think LaMelo Ball, obviously Terry Rozier, I think you can maximize Terry Rozier's strengths because of LaMelo Ball being the facilitator, being the playmaker as a guard. Terry Rozier could just be your bucket getter. Uh, LaMelo being long, he's not the greatest defender by any means, but him being long can kind of make up for any effort he has or, or any missed he could get in those pass lanes. So, yeah, I had him at 40. I, I do think he's a top 40 player. And I think more so, like, going into today, maybe not, but I think I'm projecting him to take another step, which would put him at – I mean, th- there's a world where he's a borderline. Like, you might look at him as an all-star snub uh, come, come the all-star break based on his play and based on where Charlotte is. If he doesn't get in, he could be considered an all-star snub. So I would definitely have to have my all-star snub in, in the top 40. Ooh, all right, all right. So Sam Lamella Ball, he's doing I, it this year. Yeah, I actually had him right where he fell on the list at 46. Um, I think just based off what we saw last year, uh, he both already has performed amazingly and just showed a ton of potential. 
Um, like a lot of the young guys on this list, I could see him climbing up uh, based on what he does. But there's always that worry that with the second-year player that you have some of that regression or the people – figure out a bit of your game with him. I don't, I just don't see that happening. I think he's only going to build on to what we've seen up to this point. So I don't see him getting figured out. I see the jump shot getting better. It's, it's already shown a lot of promise. So I think Lamelo is where probably where he should be just based off of, we have a small sample size. We've only seen him play one season, but I think that that just shows that we're like projecting that he will be, a lot higher on next year's version of this list or the end of the season version. Okay. Actually, I like the end of the season version. If y'all are all trying to come through and do it one more time to see like the comparison, <laughs> that'd yeah. be, that'd definitely be dope. So that rounds out the top 25, even though we gave people a little bit extra, but let's, uh, let's wrap up the show. Y'all is Tony playboy. All right, that is definitely it for episode 57 of the Fly Route Podcast. I want to say thank you to all three of you all for coming through, rocking with me, getting down our top 25 players in the NBA. If you are listening to this, you can hit us all up. You know, there'll be clips everywhere on Twitter, at the Fly Route Pod. Catch it on our YouTube channel. Also, the Fly Route Podcast. All my guests, shout yourself out one more time. Let people know where they can find you as we wrap up. Uh, yeah, y'all can find me. Oh, my, you can find me uh, at Upper Flames Pod, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Mo underscore Cheese fifteen on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Mo Upper Flames on YouTube. But you can listen to Upper Flames Sports Podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Google, um, iHeartRadio, uh, and definitely check out the the Go Long Live show I do uh, at lunchtime with Sage and um, Barry. A great little quick little thirty minute lunch break show. Uh, kind of thing where we cover uh, our thing in sports. So shout out to Sage and Barry over there at Today's California. Appreciate you for having me on, bro. And we'll definitely, I'll return the favor and definitely have to get you on Up in Flames, bro. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Go ahead, T.O. Yeah, you can catch me at uh, Coverful with the guys on Twitter. Uh, also, YouTube, anywhere else you get your uh, podcast where you listen to it. Uh, definitely appreciate Ant having us or having me on tonight uh, to represent for the pod um, and salute to him for coming on and chopping it up with us on our pod as well. Uh, we're pretty active on Twitter, so if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, uh, we also let you guys know You know when we drop our new episodes and everything like that. So uh, Twitter, anywhere else you get your pods, just chop it up with us. Uh, let us know how y'all feeling us. I'm Sam. Anthony, thanks for having me on again. Uh, this is my first year that I'm going to be making content about the NBA. So these, these last two episodes we've done with you have been a great start uh, to get into that and I just wanted to say thank you for having me again. Shout out to the fly route. Yeah, see, they don't know. Me and Sam go back like over half a decade at this point, like well over half a decade at this point. Like we moving on a decade. So me and Sam go way back. Appreciate you for coming on. A friend of the show will be on frequently. Thank you, everybody that listened, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Music, Audia, Spotify, even if it's just clips. We appreciate each and every single one of you. Share the power with a friend. That's how we grow. And I can't wait to give you the next episode next Friday. Thank you.